Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, Nick. Hey, how's it going? What's that? I see a little, you got a little teal popping up there. You got a little teal shirt. What is that? Oh, it's, it's you know, an oh, honor. Oh, man, this is like a slow reveal. I like this. Yeah. A little higher, a yeah. little higher. Oh, that's a five. That's a Nick Batum shirt. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I hear Claire back there, too. Yep, hey. Well, she's not, she's not with Nick. There she is. Hey, Claire. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. You're not wearing a you're not wearing a Nick Batum shirt, are you? No, just a regular shirt. All right, get out. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> this is gonna be it's, it's like um, it's like wearing black right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm mourning a little bit. I don't really know what's going on. Um, also, it was clean. The cat seems to be upset about the Nick Batum situation yeah, as well. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I kind of put her in the bathroom. She's not too happy about it. Well, God. None of it. I, I don't think this is, you know, normally this is um, Fun Friday. But I'm, I'm not even going to play the full air horn. It doesn't deserve, today doesn't deserve full air horn. I know, right? Daniel says we need, already on the chat, I love it. He says we need the Fun Friday air horn drops now more than ever. All right, Daniel. I give, I give the people what they want. That's an unnatural air horn. I'll, I'll work it in. I'll work it in in a natural Perfect. place. Who? I heard a ding dong. Who's? Who just? Uh, who You're just popped a ding in? Dong. <laughs> oh, he's got video too. Oh, it's about to get. It's about to get rowdy up in here. Uh, somebody's wilding out. Why don't you tilt that? Tilt that bad boy up. Let's see just that. Give us a let's, second. Let's just, see that. Just beautiful forehead. We got one minute left in this pre-show. Everyone settle in. We've got a big show. Got uh, Nick Batum talk coming up. We've got Steve Martin, the venerable Steve Martin, the elder statesman of the Charlotte Hornets. My first, when I first started watching the Charlotte Hornets, he was the voice. It was him and Jaminski. That was my crew. And yeah, it's fun to have. It's fun to have Steve on the show. Yeah. And I think he's going to be on more. I don't want to. It's kind of a tease. I think he's going to be on more. Sweet. That'd be awesome. All right. I think we're ready to start this show. What do you say, kids? Let's do it. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NFL, the NBA, and fantasy sports. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. 
heart of the Queen City on this Friday. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Obviously, the big news of the day is the Nick Batum injury that he suffered in that preseason game against Detroit. We'll have a full update and analysis for you in just a moment. I'm Doug Branson. I'm joined by David Walker on video. I'm sorry, it took my breath away. I had to take a pause there for a second because you're you're, well, you're thank you, showing Doug. your face. Look at this. Look at this guy. I appreciate that. Uh, and we've also got Claire from Charlotte. What's going on, Claire? Not much. How are you? Good, good. And we have Nick Denning from the capital city, capital Nick. What's happening, Nick Denning? Oh, I'm still trying to figure out how long Batum is actually out. That's too much, <laughs> you know. I desperately, I desperately wanted someone to do the LeBron James with the cigarette in his ear meme that said like <laughs> six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, don't matter. It ain't the full season. Like, where was that? I should have done it. I should have just done it. I was busy yesterday. I'm sorry to everyone out there that I didn't get on on that meme. Uh, okay. So uh, let's see. What else do I need to mention? Uh, did I get everybody? Everybody in here? Yeah, okay. Uh, Overcast, download Overcast. Give us a star. If you're on iTunes, give us a five-star review. It helps us move up the rankings, helps Hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this uh, podcast. And... That's it. Oh, listen to Locked On Panthers too. We got a big game. Got a big game. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much old uh, Bill Rossetti's going to dive into some of these Cam Newton issues, uh, but uh, yeah, give it a listen. Locked On Panthers on the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, let's begin with some unfortunate injury news for the Charlotte Hornets. Nick Batum out for at least six weeks with a torn ligament in his left elbow. He suffered the injury on Wednesday night against the Pistons in the preseason. Less than a minute into the game, got tangled up. His arm got caught uh, between two other players and uh, tore the UCL in his elbow. In baseball, that usually requires Tommy John surgery. According to the team, treatment options are still being evaluated, though, with the two major options appearing to be a combination of rest and rehab or surgery. Uh, for Nick's part, he seems to be upbeat on Twitter. He tweeted out, it's my left arm, guys. Everybody knows I'm not using my left hand. That's what the scouting report says. We have a deep roster. We will be fine. Now, Nick Batum has averaged 15.6.2 rebounds and 5.8 assists in 34.5 minutes per game over his time with the Charlotte Hornets. Let's start with David. What are the Hornets going to be missing uh, without Nick Batum for whatever length of time uh, he ends up being out. Well, they'll be missing their starting shooting guard, so they'll likely slide Lamb into that spot. I think Clifford said as much yesterday afternoon. And they'll also be probably missing, which they really can't afford, some more help at backup point guard because I think Batum is going to slide over there and at least give them some help there, especially with Michael Carter-Williams out and Julian Stone being the only backup point guard really on the roster by definition. So, I mean, that's the I think that's the biggest question. Of course, they're going to lose another creator and another ball handler in the starting unit as well. And the guy that's been there the whole time, Kimba Walker, has kind of made his Kimba Walker jump. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how Kimba starts off the season without his running mate and Nick Batum back there. Um, but like you guys mentioned, at this point, six weeks or eight weeks almost sounds like a gift uh, because of the early reports that we heard that he might be out the whole season. So um, depth on the wing, I think, will come in to help the team at this point. but certainly they need him in there as much as fans have gotten frustrated with Nick Batum over the last year and a half or so. He's so important to this team because of what he does 
um, you know, not necessarily in the scoring column, but in other ways. So it's going to be a big loss starting the season. Nick. Yeah, it's, you know, I think he's, um, one thing that'll be interesting at one point that David made about, um, you know, Kemba Walker and how he will play without him. I mean, I think for the past two seasons, we've, we've, you know, accepted like, Hey, like the two of them make each other better. And, and Walker's rise has certainly, um, you know, kind of gone in line with the addition of Batum. Um, but you know, I think at this point, Walker is a better player. I don't think, you know, he doesn't have to, he doesn't need Nick Batum necessarily anymore. At least I don't think he does. Um, I think if we suggest he does, we're maybe not giving him enough credit. Um, but nonetheless, this is a huge, this is big. I mean, this is like, this is, you know, think about MKG two seasons ago in preseason. I mean, it's, it's, he's a different player, but it's, it's the news is just as significant. Yeah, Nick, you make a great point there. I pulled this stat. Uh, you know, when Nick Batum joined the Hornets, he became a primary distributor that freed up Kemba to work off ball, and it sort of helped his initial ascension. Uh, in in that first year, 15-16, Kemba's effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage were 52-56 with Batum by his side and 44-51 with Batum off the floor. So that's a pretty significant drop in that first year. But last season, it was pretty much dead even, 53-57 uh, on and off the court. So there, I think that goes to your point, Nick, that Kimball Walker has seen some growth in his own individual game where uh, uh, maybe he can sustain a little bit and, and maybe, you know, if it, it could further submit his next all-star candidacy if he's able to maintain his level of production without uh, Nick Batum off the floor. Uh, so I guess the question is, Claire, I mean, Will, uh, you know, Nick Batum seems to think the Hornets have enough depth that they're going to be fine in these first few months of the season if that's how many he ends up missing or if he misses the entire season, you know, that they'll be fine because they have depth. Do you agree with that? Yeah, sure. I think that, um, I mean, right now, <laughs> sure. I'm worried. Why not? Yeah, sure. yeah, why not? Yeah. Who am I to disagree with Nick Batum? Um, but also, you know, I, I am worried about the losing the three-point shooting and, and losing the outside advantage that would help out, um, you know, the, the inside-out game that they've currently had going with Dwight Howard. Um, however, first off, if Dwight's going to continue to take it coast-to-coast, then, yeah, we might be fine. There you uh, go. But also, <laughs> yeah. Dwight Howard, well, primary distributor. Exactly. exactly. Um, but, I mean, also, if, if Malik Monk can step up and kind of take over that role of being the three-point shooter, then um, – you know, I think that we do have a decently de- deep roster, um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is still a big loss for us too. Yeah, the guy that will be taking over for him will be Jeremy Lamb, and uh, that's according to Steve Clifford. And of course, Jeremy Lamb took over for Nick Batum uh, when he went out in that game against Detroit and uh, started in place of Nick Batum in five games last season. David, how confident are you? In, and Jeremy Lamb being able to uh, at least pick up a little bit of the slack that Nick Batum will leave behind. Yeah, I think on offense, certainly you feel okay given the way these first two preseason games have gone. I mean, some of the maybe the best two games he's had, like as a pro, they're preseason. Um, we get that. But um, certainly all the talk in the offseason was of the improvements that Lamb has made. So he's going to get a real chance to show that. And this, not that this is like his last chance, but look, we've talked about how he's done this about every year he's been in Charlotte, and now he's going to be thrust in the starting lineup. He's having a good preseason so far. So this would appear to be his chance to take the next step forward on that. Um, so on the offense, at least, I think you feel good about it. I think defensive concentration and stuff, which he's been better on again this preseason, 
um, is going to be a little different. But we talked about some of the hiccups that even Nick Batum had on defense last year at times. So Clifford's been very complimentary about Lamb being locked in and working hard the whole game. So he's going to have to do that um, moving forward into the starting lineup. So that's but that's kind of the natural fit. I mean, given that Lamb's played so well in this preseason, um, that, that just makes sense. And like you said, Doug, you filled in for him last year. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be pros and cons. Obviously, uh, the Hornets will be inserting someone in Lamb that is finally fully committed and ready to improve. He's hungry for an opportunity to succeed. He knows the system well. He'll replace what Nick Batum was able to do in terms of dribble handoff situations. He was very effective at the dribble handoff play, which is a huge part of the Charlotte Hornets offense. He was very effective with that last season. And uh, he can also he's very effective in dribble drives and pull-ups as well. The, the, the cons, obviously, are he isn't anywhere near the distributor that Nick Batum is. He hasn't shown anything to date uh, uh, to evidence that he'll be able to facilitate consistently for Kimball Walker or Dwight Howard. Uh, his three-point shooting feel, uh, fell to new lows last season. If it doesn't rebound, then I'm worried about the floor spacing, guys, because now, you, now you're essentially you have two three-point shooters in your starting lineup, Kimball Walker, Marvin Williams, and the rest – who defenses won't have to worry about from beyond the three-point line. What does that do to Kimball Walker's ability to penetrate? What does that do to Dwight Howard's post-offense? Will will teams uh, pack the paint, essentially, to neutralize uh, what Dwight Howard was able to do in the post last season when he you know, had his uh, one of his most efficient years offensively uh, in his career because of how effective he was in the paint? So, and I, I'm not talking yeah. about, I'm not talking about post-up. I'm not talking about post-up offense. I'm talking about his offense when he gets into the post. Dwight Howard, very effective. Uh, how will how will Jeremy Lamb uh, uh, influence that? Yeah, so, I mean, Jeremy Lamb's going to be taking his spot in the starting lineup, but he's not replacing Nick Batum. Like, right. I mean, Nick Batum has a very different game than Jeremy Lamb, and as a result, the Hornets are going to have to change up their offensive schemes, especially um, in order to suit that. So, I mean, while – you know, we're losing three-point shooting. We're losing some of the spacing. Um, but Jeremy Lamb is, I think, you know, he, he can create his own shot. He's good with the dribble handoffs, like you were mentioning. Um, but at the same time, can how much how much is the Hornets offense going to eventually have to just rotate around what Jeremy Lamb can do versus yeah. what could do. And, so. I, and I understand the concern from fans because they have watched Jeremy Lamb's progression and they've watched him, you know, get off to great starts and then fade as the season goes. So there's some concern there. Um, but uh, Steve Clifford spoke yesterday at practice and has really been gushing over Jeremy Lamb's off season and not just this off season, but what he sees as sort of Jeremy Lamb executing a long term plan to become an effective NBA player. Let's take a listen to that. He's worked so hard. And, you know, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like he's done this for two months. This has been a steady, steady amount of work since he's gotten here. Um, And the more he's worked, and then I think the more he sees how his hard work is paying dividends, you know, this summer he notched it up even more. And he has a confidence level. That's what happens, right? You do something over and over. And uh, you work at a good pace, and, and now, he, you know, it's all paying off for him. All right, Steve Clifford there at practice yesterday. And, of course, uh, just to reset here, Nick Batum uh, out for at least six weeks, and the team is still evaluating uh, options for uh, this torn UCL in his left elbow that he suffered in a preseason game 
uh, on Wednesday night. And so whatever happens, he, you know, it looks like Nick Batum could be out uh, for a significant amount of time. And uh, now we're talking about you know, basically who should replace him. Lamb, I know a lot of folks are out there talking about maybe starting Malik Monk or, or that's their desire. That what do you what do you say to that, uh, Claire? You're shaking your head right now. Uh, why why are you shaking your head towards the prospect of of starting Monk at some point? Because we know we know it's going to be Lamb at least initially, but why not Monk at some point? Uh, well, I was kind of shaking my head because it, there's no way that Steve Clifford would have done that right now, at least. Because um, I mean, Steve Clifford is not um, too high on starting rookies. Um, so I think that and right now Malik Monk has been playing very well. He's been playing very well against the other team's second units. Um, and if that's what helps balance out this team a little bit more, then that's fine. I think that right now Steve Clifford is looking for rotational advantage versus a, hey, let's start all of our best guys and, um, and throw Malik Monk to the, to the wolves, basically. Um, I, I don't I, I really don't see Steve Clifford starting Malik Monk just yet because, again, it takes away that rotational advantage. I want to go out to the chat right now. We've got a few live chatters. Thanks to everyone. Da- Daniel, David, who else we got here? D- uh, two Davids. Uh, yeah, nice. Um, so David saying, uh, I, can feel, I can't feel good about six to eight weeks when there's still the possibility for surgery. I hope Rich Cho is planning uh, for that possibility. Cho knows. Well, we'll see. Uh, and, and that's, you know, the, the Hornets have a history of experiencing a long-term injury to a core piece and making a move, but it usually doesn't happen right away. And I wouldn't expect it in this case to happen right away. I think they're, look, if there's one place they're comfortable with in terms of their depth, I think it's at the wing position. You know, if this had happened yep. at the point guard position, well, that's another story entirely. But at the at the wing position, they've got players in Jeremy Lamb who they're comfortable with seeing step up and and did you know played played in or started in five games last season. So I wouldn't expect that to happen uh, initially. Yeah, I want uh, to I want to I, I want to go to the other uh, members of the panel here on the Monk situation because I know there are a lot of fans curious as to why you would go with Jeremy Lamb and not the the eleventh pick in the draft. Malik Monk, mainly because of Monk's ability to score the basketball to 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 space the floor, something that we talked about. Jeremy Lamb may may struggle with this season. Uh, Nick, what do you see as the issues with starting Malik Monk at the two spot? Uh, well, like I clearly alluded, there's you know two things that Clifford typically doesn't do. It's rookie starts. He starts he doesn't usually start rookies, um, but he also always goes with the more defensive minded um, starting five. Um, obviously Lamb's not known for his defense, but definitely more so than, than Monk at this point. Uh, I think especially in the first game, Monk was looked a little exposed on the defensive end. Um, you know, size also is a big issue here. You know, we've, we've been talking about comparing Kemba and Monk together. Um, you know, it, it recognizes an issue. If you go ahead and do it from game one, you're causing problems for yourself. Um, I said this before, you, and I don't think the situation has changed you know, give Monk re- like ways to succeed, you know, and I think the best way to do that right now is to keep him on the bench. Um, mm. As he proves himself there, maybe depending on how things are going elsewhere, maybe start slipping him in, you know, with the starting unit a little bit more, but don't just throw, you know, as again, as Claire said, don't just throw him out to the wolves just because we've lost Batum. You know, you can't change everything at this point, you know, especially with someone like him. 
Yeah, and there's also this issue that the Hornets don't have a lot of financial flexibility, so a free agent signing would have to be the vet minimum at this point, and and even vet minimums could, you know, if if you're talking about a guy who's ha- has a lot of years of service, could threaten to take them into luxury tax territory. So it's a tough financial situation, and then also, uh, you know, w- in terms of trading, we talked about this in the off season a lot and this situation really hasn't changed all that much which is the hornets don't have a ton of of great trade pieces i I mean guys they're depending on players this season to step up and become trade pieces so uh you know that's that's the situation that they find themselves in now so i think they really do have to roll with a lot of their depth yeah, absolutely. And I think that right now, like I said, I mentioned that rotational advantage and I mentioned um, the ability to take Malik Monk off the bench and, and, and use him against the other teams, basically second unit. Um, but I mean, Nick was absolutely right in saying that, you know, it, we don't want to screw up his progress either. Um, I mean, right now, mm-hmm. like, that's that's also I think in the forefront of Steve Clifford's mind is you know how how best to help out Monk transition to the NBA um, versus you know like I said just kind of throwing him out there as well especially on the defensive end. Absolutely. All right. So uh, oh I did I did see Steve Clifford at practice yesterday talking to both Kimball Walker and Dwight Howard uh, for a very long time uh, before he came over and spoke to the media. So you know I, I think as much as we want to talk about. Well, you know, Jeremy Lamb, Malik Monk, who's going to step in for Nick Batum? What can they replace? What can't they replace? I think really what this says is more now more than ever, uh, this team's success is going to hinge on uh, Kimba Walker and Dwight Howard, and especially Dwight, because Kimba's shown what he can do. It's Dwight Howard. Can he gel? Can he be effective in the post? Can he, con- can he continue to show what he's already shown? which is that he can be a defensive presence inside that that changes possessions. That's what I've that's you know we, we talk about offense all day long, but what I've really loved seeing from Dwight Howard at this point in the preseason, it's very early, I understand that, but I really love see seeing him turn possessions completely around with with his post defense. You know, basically change not only in in block shots, which he's done a lot of, not only in steals, which he's done a couple of as well, <laughs> not only in in running full court and dunking on Boban Marjanovic, but yeah. but I've seen I've seen point guard, and this is what Steve Clifford talked about, and it was it's been confirmed already in these first two preseason games. You've seen guards penetrate against this Hornets defense and 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 pull up and check, you know, check up because. They don't go all the way to the rim because they don't want to run in to Dwight Howard. There's a fear factor there. And, and Dwight Howard says he wants to be on all defense, and he looks like he's he's uh, uh, trying to do that. So I, I think those are going to be two big pieces that, uh, you know, can the Hornets sustain a six- to eight-week to 12-week absence and still make the playoffs. I want to end on this question. Love to, get, and we'll we'll talk more about this uh, next week for sure uh, as the situation develops. But I want to end on this: if Nick Batum elects to have surgery and does indeed miss the entire season because of that surgery, can the Hornets still make the Eastern Conference playoffs? Uh, we'll start with Nick. Yeah, but I think we're probably in a situation like last year where it's, you know, we're not, we're not comfortably, you know, in the playoffs. We're probably looking out at times. Um, 
But I mean, it's I, I say this with a bit of confidence, and this is just based on what we've heard about Lamb and, and and the fact that we have a little bit more depth. But you know, this really could go a number of ways, and and I do think there's enough talent for them to make the playoffs without him. But it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not good. Uh, Claire. Yeah, I mean, we're still in the Eastern Conference. I mean, yeah. you know, the Eastern Conference is not, you know, the Western Conference. Well, it's not as it's certainly <laughs> not as strong as Fact. it's Fact. yeah, <laughs> it's certainly not as strong as it's been in in previous years. Yeah, that's the smartest thing I've ever said. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we're still in the Eastern Conference, and I agree with Nick. You know, it might be a bit of a struggle. It might be a bit of a you know, we've got five games left. We got to win three of them, kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, if Lamb can continue to play the way he's played, um, and if Malik Monk can develop into a, a good shooting guard and, and he can continue to develop his defensive skills, um, then you know what? Like, I I don't really see why not. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, this this injury hurts. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, we're it, we're not completely out of it either. David. Yeah, they can't afford for much else to go wrong, and they really need to shore up the backup point guard, too. I'll come back to that because right now it's such a toss-up, and he was going to play some minutes back there, and so it just falls more on Kimba. So it's going to be – obviously, a lot was going to be up for Kimba anyway, but like Nick said, it'll be a lot like last year. They really couldn't afford to lose a whole lot of people for, for any more time. Um, but being in the East certainly helps. So they'd probably be in the mix still. It's just not going to be as much of a, of a, of a given, I'll say. Um, so it'd be tough. They, they, this is a tough way to start the season, uh, losing one of your leaders. And we have a lot of Davids here so uh, on the chat and right in front of me. So I'll say David M. saying on the chat, we just all know the plan is to win now. If Batum does indeed need surgery, I don't see them doing nothing. And I think that's a great point. I, I think they, regardless of, of how this Nick Batum injury shakes out, I think the plan is still to get to the playoffs and and try to be competitive enough to to win that playoff to win that first round playoff series, and, and so yeah, I I think that's a that's a great point to look at uh, in the future. Time now for a few Buzzamaniac shoutouts. Omar, Adam, Ethan, and David all decided to join the nest and support the show with a financial contribution. Every dollar that you contribute through Patreon goes to making this show better with equipment and services that we'll use to bring you live post-game shows and exclusive Buzzamaniac-only interviews throughout the season. If you're listening and haven't joined the Nest yet, what are you waiting on? Visit patreon.com forward slash LOH and find out all of the benefits of supporting this show, and you can join cool people like Omar, Adam, Ethan, and David. Thanks again, and go Hornets. I had a chance to chat with one of my favorite hive minds, Steve Martin, radio play-by-play announcer for the Charlotte Hornets on 102.5 WFNZ. Now, we talked before the Batum news, and a, but a lot of what we discussed was very interesting in light of that news. And this is a, a portion of the interview. If you want to hear the whole thing, I posted it uh, on our Patreon. Uh, so take a listen to Steve Martin. Great insight here from a Hornets legend. So, Steve, it's early in the preseason. I know it's difficult to kind of glean much right now, but after watching the team play two preseason, preseason games, what do you think you might know about this team at this point? Well, I might know, and I probably do know, that it's deeper than we've seen here in recent years. Uh, the talent goes 10 deep. Uh, the second unit uh, looks to be uh, a lot better than we've had in the past couple of years. So I think that speaks well because when statistically the first unit of this team last year was very good. 
when they left the game, and especially when they, meaning Kemba Walker, left the game and we needed a backup point guard, um, we were terribly outmanned by our opponents on just about every occasion. And uh, and that's not so much the case from what we've seen in the first two preseason games. And especially last night in Detroit, um, second unit was outstanding even after. Uh, and, and, and you have to take a look, take into consideration what Detroit's aims were. They had uh, were opening a new building for the first time in downtown Detroit. And uh, uh, Stan, Stan Van Gundy made a point of saying, hey, we're not going to play any more than 10 players, and they're going to be our, our base 10. It was a, an untypical preseason game because when it got close and the Hornets erased a 20-point deficit and then took the lead, um, I mean, you saw some you saw some desire in both teams' eyes. So uh, uh, I was impressed by what I saw of the Hornets last night, especially of their reserve troops. They, they did a great job. Absolutely, Steve. A lot of young players out there uh, fighting really hard for that uh, very close victory by the Hornets. You've been doing this for a long time. You've you've been through many of these preseason periods before and talked to a lot of coaches. What are some types of things that you can derive from preseason and what kinds of things should you maybe be a little careful about overanalyzing? Well, I think you you overanalyze um I think the things you tend to overanalyze are maybe shortcomings of your regular starters because I know to a man and he, and, and Kemba Walker uh tells you unabashedly, Hey, this is preseason. It's not the real thing. Uh, and, and sometimes I think the players kind of subconsciously that kind of gets into their subconscious and they're more worried about not getting hurt. And I see that. And I, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to approach uh, preseason. There are no awards for going unbeaten in preseason. Well, let's yeah. talk about that depth situation because, as you mentioned, uh, several reserves for the Hornets playing very well last night uh, in Detroit, one of them being Jeremy Lamb, who had to step into a, a starter-type role when Nick Batum uh, went down very early in the game. He's now gone two straight games with 17-plus points. Is he a guy on your radar as one of these players that by the end of the season has completely rewritten his whole narrative? Well, you know, the thing about Jeremy is that there's always a lot of hope in the early part of the season. Mm -hmm. And durability has been a problem with him, uh, not only in his two years previous with the Hornets, but when he was at Oklahoma City as well. Um, you know, And they sent him down to the G League for about 47 games. Uh, and, and just didn't really have a spot for him. And I think he's learned from all of that. Uh, this year he comes in, it, it's a different body type for Jeremy Lamb. He he, he looks, uh, you know, he kind of looks like a, a, a defensive back in football. He's got, uh, I mean, he's really kept himself in great shape. I don't think there's anybody that really works harder than Jeremy Lamb. He is a self-described basketball junkie. It seems to be the only place that he feels totally comfortable. Even if he's totally by himself, he can be sitting there, uh, just bouncing the ball between his legs, sitting on the chair. And that's fine with him. Uh, and that, that could occupy 15 minutes of his time. So, uh, the gym is his friend and he stays there, spends a lot of time. What we've yet to see that I think we're going to see this year is that time is going to start paying off. And I think he's going to take better care of his body um, I'd be surprised if Jeremy, unless he, you know, he's had some toe and ankle injuries uh, through the last couple of years that have plagued him. Uh, if he gets beyond that and plays himself a full season with his current attitude and, and, and 
the way that he's keeping good care of himself, I think we'll get a lot out of Jeremy Lamb this year. And it will be, really, Doug, a total surprise. Well, and hopefully the same can be said about Malik Monk, who also had a fantastic uh, evening against Detroit, 19 points, and played really well in those crunch time minutes. Great experience uh, for for the young rookie. Uh, do, do you think he's getting more comfortable out there? You know, he didn't have summer league, obviously. Is is he looking you know, more comfortable than he was maybe in that first game against Boston? Uh, yeah, I, I, he made uh, talked to him in the locker room after the game last night, and he said uh, each game is, is, is an experience, and he's gaining something. And last night's game was interesting for him because he came in in the second quarter, and even though the second quarter was a bad stretch for the Hornets as a team, it's it's when the, the, the Detroit League grew to 20, he in, in particular played, he was the only guy on the Hornets side that played very well. And uh, he had nine points by halftime. And then he came in again late in the third and through the fourth and played extremely well and wound up with 19. And in fact, if you take a look at it, the last uh, the last seven points of the game, uh, six of the last seven points of the game were scored either by Malik Monk or Dwayne Bacon. And Cody Zeller threw in one foul shot at the end, and that was it. Uh, so I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was unique that those two rookies came in and uh, really acted like adults in a situation where they were going up against uh, experienced players at the end of the game, and they did the right things to win both offensively and defensively. Now, this is a special year for you, Steve. This is year 30 uh, covering the NBA. Uh, what have been some of your favorite moments uh, throughout your your long tenure? Well, I think probably the the most favorite moment was, you know, a, a lot of people make a big thing about the, our 1993 uh, playoff uh, win against Boston. Um, but I think probably the thing that was the, the the most fun game I've ever done was a regular season game. I think it was in 1995. It was late in January, and um, we had Alonzo Mourning, but he was hurt. We had Larry Johnson, and he did a certain amount of things, but then in the in the fourth quarter, we're playing Orlando, and of course they got Shaquille O'Neal and they got Penny Hardaway and all these other guys. And a nice young lineup, and they were an up and coming team, uh, and they would find themselves in the NBA Finals. Uh, but the Hornets that night, on the strength of Hersey Hawkins and Del Curry, uh, held them off and won at the and, and won in the last uh, two minutes of the game. Uh, the, the crowd at the old Charlotte Coliseum, and it was sold out because that was a star power night. You had uh, Shaquille O'Neal, might have had Alonzo Mourning, but you definitely had Larry Johnson and, and Muggsy Bogues and all that. It was just, it was a, it was a packed house, and uh, I've never heard a crowd so loud in my life as uh, the Hornets were dropping threes. Hawkins and Curry were outstanding, and, and they carried it at the finish, and uh and uh, and the Hornets beat the Magic that particular night in Shaquille O'Neal. So uh, that was probably the most memorable memorable night that I had had. I I, near, I nearly lost my voice uh, when I was calling on one of Hersey Hawkins' three, and I just it, it was like I fell fell off a cliff, and the, and then the fans just kind of swallowed it up, and uh, so it was it, it was a fun call. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this, um... Five seconds. Oh, switching to GEICO could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay, judges... 
That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Big thanks to Steve Martin there, radio play-by-play announcer for the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, you can listen to him on WFNZ 102.5, calling uh, every Hornets game. And uh, fun to hear his his favorite memory it was a regular season game, but it was a great call, and he and and he he, rem- he remembers the crowd. I think that was that was probably what made it special uh, because those old Charlotte Coliseum days uh, were 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 quite fun to be around. Um, wanted to basically piggyback on one thing that he said about Malik Monk's crunch time minutes that he got uh, in Detroit and how well he stepped up. Um, I asked Malik Monk at practice yesterday about that moment and, and if he felt more comfortable in those type of situations, and here's what he had to say about that. That's, that's the time to step up. Uh, I mean, basketball players want to be in that situation, um, hit buzzer beaters and stuff like that. You always dream about that, but that's when I step up the most. I think Malik Monk is definitely dreaming about hitting some buzzer beaters for the Charlotte Hornets, and, and again, he looked more comfortable, he looked more aggressive in that moment, and we didn't talk about uh, uh, you know, Jeremy Lamb will get the start initially, but who will close? I-, I think that's a big question, and we're gonna have to pay attention to these preseason games to kind of try to get some clues about that. But Malik Monk in that game against Detroit certainly made his case uh, that he's a closer, that he's a guy you can count on as the clock is winding down, and that would be exciting to see paired along Kimball Walker. All right, some final thoughts on the Nick Batum injury and and anything else you you guys are thinking about right now. Uh, we'll start with Nick. Uh, one guy I'd actually like to see how he does, given that he'll probably have an opportunity now, is, is Bacon. Um, I wrote about how he, we may not see much of him unless there are injuries. And now with Batum, that kind of slides him probably into the rotation a little bit. Um, they obviously ended last last the, the game against Detroit. So interested to see how he steps up. David. Yeah, I just think it's another adjustment for this team to make and not a lot of time to get ready for this season when they're already having to adjust with a new big presence in Dwight Howard being there in the starting lineup and Cody Zeller shifting to the second. The good thing is it's 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 pretty much a veteran group. They've been here for a while, and except for the rookies, they kind of know what to expect. So they'll have to help those young guys along because, as Nick mentioned, I think Bacon and certainly Monk are going to get pushed up in the lineup a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see how they react. Claire. Oh, we may have lost Claire. Uh, she she she's got to get out of here, man. She's got things to do, and that's that's good. Uh, we got things to do too. We got. Oh no, Claire. Okay, Claire. Final thoughts. Sorry, yeah, I, I put myself on mute because the cat was acting up. Um, no, <laughs> no, but I, actually, I, I'm really interested to see how Dwight Howard's going to come out of this um, and how his play is going to change. Um, right now, I mean, there's one thing I can't really put a whole lot of stock into, and it's wins and losses in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. right now, like, I don't, I don't really care if we win or we lose. I just want to be able to work out like whatever offensive scheme the Hornets want to be able to right. work out with Nick Batum's absence. Absolutely, and we'll get another chance to see the Hornets in preseason on Monday night against the Miami Heat in Miami, and then, of course, on Wednesday. They return back to Charlotte to play the Boston Celtics, and that game will be televised on ESPN, and you'll have a chance to get to Spectrum Center if you're in and around the Charlotte area, and we hope you do. And we thank you for listening to Locked On Hornets. Uh, Subscribe to us if you haven't already, and tell a friend. Get some people involved in this because, uh, well, you know, we, we, we want as many listeners as possible as we head into this regular season. We're going to be covering the team like never before so uh thanks so much for listening and supporting us by listening or on patreon we really appreciate it shoot us your hornets questions and thoughts to buzz buzz at locked on we're back again on monday with a preview 
of that preseason game and much more discussion about this Nick Batum injury. For David and Claire and Nick and the entire crew here at Locked On Hornets, I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.